Welcome to Relaunch, the real estate podcast focused on helping you find your success in real estate. My name is Lauren Cooper. I am an active real estate sales representative just north of Toronto, Canada. The whole purpose of this podcast is to bring you actionable content by interviewing the best of the best in this business, helping to take you from zero to hero in your real estate career. Uh, today, we welcome our guest, Kim Heisman, for all the way from BC, that is British Columbia, Canada. Where in BC are you, Kim? Um, I'm actually in Vernon. Vernon. Isn't that? No, that guy's name was Vern. From You know those Ernest Goes to Camp movies? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that popped in my head. Anyway, yeah. uh, we're, we're going to tap into Kim's knowledge, her experience in real estate, her story, how she got into real estate, and uh, something very exciting happened recently where Kim is now the VP slash VIP of her board. So she's <laughs> she has that insight to bring to the table as well. Kim was voted the number one realtor in Century 21 Canada. When was that? 2016? Uh, 2017. 2017. All right. I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> fantastic. Now, this is going to be a little bit challenging because Kim and I are buds, and I'm going to try to go back pretending like I don't know her or anything about her so you guys can get that perspective. Fresh, brand spanking new. Welcome, Kim, to the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for agreeing to do it. So let's talk about real estate, all things real estate related, more specifically to you. Um, when did you get into the business? Got into the business in 2007. So I'm going to 12 years. Okay, so it was about 12 years. We got a little bit of interference there. Of course, the signal's been perfect up until now, but we're going <laughs> to... We're going to fight through it anyway. All right, 12 years. That's fantastic. Now, when you first got into real estate, what drew you to the industry? Um, actually, my husband is the one that pushed me into the real estate realm. He had bugged me for about three or four years prior to me becoming a realtor and thought that I'd be really good at it. And I was uh, didn't have any interest in it. Um, so, but he kept pushing me, so I thought, oh, I might as well just do it and um, ended up becoming my passion. And what were you doing before real estate? I worked in mental health. So I was a support worker for adults with severe and persistent mental illness. So I did that for seven years. And um, and yeah, so the I skills guess that, were that translates very well. <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> all right. So yeah. you got into real estate 2007. Tell me what that was all about. I mean, yeah, you took your courses, did your exams. Fantastic. But day one in the door, what was that like? Um, I'm not sure. Like, I, I guess when I started real estate, I always, um, like when I first started with the broker, the broker told me all the normal things of, you know, cold calling and door knocking and, and all those ways to generate business. But one of the things that I had committed to myself was I, I never wanted to do the tasks that frustrated me as a person before I was a realtor. So I didn't want to cold call. I didn't want to door knock. I didn't want to be that realtor that uh, just called you out of the blue and asked you if you wanted to sell your house. Um, so I decided to take a slower but more purposeful way of building my business by just creating relationships and um, letting people know what I did. And it was a little bit of a slower build, but I'm very comfortable and... I think my business foundation is very solid because of that. Okay. Now it took, like you said, it took some time to build up to that. So when you first started, did you have a large sphere of influence, as they say? 
I was lucky, yeah, because we've been in our community for 25, now 25 years. So at the time I was already in the community for a while. Um, I was already had several, you know, my sphere was, was quite large. One of the, um, one of the tie or one of the things that I was comfortable with was working with uh, or, or visiting for sale by owners because they were people that um, wanted to sell their house. So me calling wasn't a big deal, but they just, a lot of them have had uh, negative experiences with real estate. Uh, so my, my purpose was to just um, get them to like me. Uh, so <laughs> it was, uh, that, that was my niche with getting into the real estate being brand new. Okay. So brand new, a lot of people are scared to talk to Fizbo's for sale by owners. I've done it a little bit, had some not so amazing experiences. So I decided, ah, let me try something different. Um, you found some success with it. What was your approach? My approach was always to never go in and ask for the listing. Um, my approach was to make sure that I started a relationship with this person. Um, and even if they did sell their house on their own, I wanted the relationship to be there so that even when they went to go buy a home, they would maybe think about using me. So I was more, I took more of the approach of how can I help? Um, this is my, my job is to know the market. So you're on the market, whether it's by yourself or with an agent. So I'd like to come and see your house in order to make sure that, you know, I might have a buyer in the future that wants to see your house, but because you're not on the MLS, I might forget about it or whatever. So can I have, come and have a look at it? And if I can bring you a buyer, I will. Um, it, it didn't bother me one bit. And because I, I think because I took that angle, a lot of people were comfortable with calling me back and saying, listen, this isn't working. Um, and you've been one of those agents that hasn't hounded us about putting our house on the market. Um, so can you come over and list it? So you got some come list me calls from the relationships that you were building. Now, how yeah. many do you remember in terms of conversion? How many would you have to approach to get someone to say, hey, come list my house? Um, geez, no, it's so long ago. <laughs> um, I, I, had a, I think I had a pretty good turnover. Like I, I bet you, um, I don't know, maybe maybe 75%. Um, like it, it was a pretty good. So 75% of the homes that you visited and built relationships with eventually wound up calling you to either buy a home or sell their home. Yeah. Yeah. I, ha I had another agent in town call me the queen of Fizbo's <laughs> <laughs> at the time. It was pretty funny. Well, that's great. So what really got you started in Fizbo's? Did you have, cause there are some programs out there by different coaches um, that say, you know, use this letter, go in there, be the friend, whatever it is. Did you use anything or you just sort of went cold and, and were your friendly self? No, I just went in and be, uh, and was myself. I think one of the, one of the things I think in real estate that's so important is to be genuine because people see right through it. So if you're not being genuine and you're not being your authentic self, uh, they're going to read into any kind of scripts. They're going to read into all of it. And then they're going to think that you're just there for yourself and not them, which, you know, is not the goal in my opinion. Right, exactly. Okay, great. Now, um, you've developed a business with Fizbo's in year one. Uh, you, How many transactions do you think you did in the first year? I actually did really well in the first year because it was a strong market in my area. So uh, I think I did about 13 to 15, which That's for great. me was, was great. 
Um, <clears throat> my goals have gotten higher throughout the years, but that, those first few years were more important of, um, you know, I wanted to do like one a month kind of thing. So uh, I had a good first year. Um, and then 2008 hit and the market uh, tanked in our area and it was a challenge for about six years, um, uh, five to six years uh, to create a business through that. Okay. So before we get into that part of it, um, in that first year of the 13 to 15 transactions, how many would you say are from for sale by owners and how many from your sphere of influence or any other um, sources that it may have come from? Yeah, I think it was probably about half and half because I think what happens in the first year is the people around you that are excited that you've just gone into your career actually throw you a little bit of business at the very beginning. Um, whether that's because they're like, Oh yeah, they want to support you. Uh, but then I find those kind of fall off year two, three, four, five, because you've actually got to prove yourself after your first year of the excitement of getting into the business that you actually know what you're doing. So I think the first year was was quite a bit of support from my sphere as well as Fizzbo's. Um, but I can't remember the exact numbers. Okay. Well, we don't need exact, but roughly. I know it was a million years ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you had a pretty much split 50-50 between uh, for sale by owners and sphere of influence there. Um, I, as many people have listened to the show or know me, I didn't have that start. I didn't have that support system right off the bat. So I don't know what the heck you're talking about. I, people don't seem to. <laughs> but yeah, so I had that struggle where I had to build the business and pull it in right away rather than it just sort of showing up. Um, but it's great that it happened for you. Fantastic. Now, 2008 hit and you said it was a struggle. The market changed. What did you do to try to, you know, fight that and, and bring in business? Um, well, I had to I had to really focus on creating those relationships um, and making sure that I was putting things in place in order to follow up um, and make sure I was top of mind. I started using social media um, a lot. Um, I've built a lot of connections through social media, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. So <clears throat> I really try to make sure as many people out there knew about me and knew what I was doing. I wasn't afraid to ask for the business. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a challenge. Like I remember there was a couple of years there where I had to go and I was helping my husband with one of our businesses in order to make sure that I could pull a paycheck. Cause it was, it was a tough few years and, and almost to the point where my husband wanted me to quit. Yeah, so. I, I know the feeling. It's a challenge, definitely. And this business, yeah. there's no guarantee. So you got to get off your butt and make it happen, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so when did that kind of turn around for you? And, and before we even get into that, you're talking about building relationships. How are you building relationships? Who are you building relationships with? Um, how? I think it's just being me. Like, it's just, you know, when I go to, when I go to events and I'm... I, I just didn't do what other realtors what that I knew were doing. Cause it, it was like it, going to an event and handing someone a card, in my opinion, is so cheesy. And so, I don't know, it, it, it doesn't work for me. What kind um, of event are you talking about? Any kind of social event. So like we do a lot of community events, social events, fundraiser events, all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm constantly going to those events so that my face is out there and I'm out there, but I'm never out there talking about real estate. Everybody brings real estate questions to me at that uh, in those venues, and and then we can talk about it. And sometimes I go, "Hey, time out! I don't want to talk about real estate tonight." But um, <laughs> it's uh, it. I think it's more about 
just being friendly and, and just being the person that if they, if they are in the thinking about using realtor stage, they're like, Oh, you know, she was nice or she was easy to talk to, or she seems trustworthy. Um, you know, I want those kind of feelings and those kind of thoughts to go through people's minds versus, Oh yeah, here's another realtor that just hand me to their card because I said I might be selling in six months. So that's, that was my way of, of, doing that but it definitely is a slower way it's not hugely it's not so very it's not direct uh like some do but and and i'm in a smaller town as well right so you know we're only 50,000 55,000 um i work into Kelowna as well but that's i only i work into Kelowna for people that want to just use me and refer to me and all that kind of stuff but i don't advertise down in Kelowna um but here in, in Vernon, it's easier. I think it's been easier because I'm so part of the community. So I'm at fundraisers. I'm helping raise money for the community. I'm involved with all that kind of stuff. So that takes time to develop those relationships and for ha- to have it come back and feed you business. Um, especially if you're not handing out your card, they have to see you multiple times and eventually ask you <laughs> for your contact information or search you out online, right? I would assume. Yeah. And a lot of people became those, those friends on Facebook, right? Like I'm now maxed out on Facebook because I would add anybody. Um, I didn't care who I added on Facebook. I'm, I'm pretty genuine and pretty, um, out there on Facebook, hopefully not in an irritating way, but, um, well, I was going to say something, (laughs) (laughs) you know, what, what you see on Facebook is what you get with me. I'm pretty real. And, and whether, you know, I've got something in my life happening that's a challenge or whether it's something fun or something, an event, I'm just out there. So what's happened through being like that in that realm is I had realtors from across the country that I've never met. And they've said, Hey, you know what? I've watched you on social media for the last six months and I've got a client coming to your area and I think you're going to suit them perfectly. Um, and they, I've just gotten those calls and those messages out of the blue and I've never met them. So, yeah. All right. So that's another important area that you touched on is realtor referrals. And uh, that has come through people connecting with you on social media, which is huge. What would you say is the, that part of your business? Like what percentage? I have a very high percentage in referrals. So uh, I bet you I'm close to 90% um, is a, I, I'm, I don't, I don't prospect in the sense of, I don't call Fizbo's or, or anything like that. I am, I am just working my sphere and in that sphere is realtors. It's, you know, uh, people that I've already worked with past clients, all that kind of stuff. So I am just focused on those relationships and making sure that I build those relationships and making sure that I'm creating those experiences for my clients so that they'll turn around and they'll refer me to someone else. So, but of that specifically referrals from realtors, what would you say would be a percentage of, of your business from that? Um, hmm. I would probably say a good 50 to 60%. From realtors. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. 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 Because we're in an area where there's a lot of relocation into the area too. Right. And I specialize in relocation. So I love teaching people about the area and what is going on in the Okanagan and where to live. And I know a lot about the different communities because someone will say, okay, well, we want to move to the Okanagan and the Okanagan is huge. It's all the way from Penticton all the way up to Salmon Arms. So to know a little bit about each of those communities and to know where the client is going to 
fit into the lifestyle that they want because everybody moves here for the lifestyle. Um, those each community is so different from the other, Penticton, Kelowna, Vernon, Salmon Arm. So being able to help them figure out which community suits them best. Um, I, yeah, I love doing that. So that's why I think when it's a relocation into the area, the, uh, I, I'm able to help out those agents and their clients. Okay, so let's talk about relocation. And there are opportunities for relocation in just about any community across North America. Um, for sure. You mentioned that the, the specific draw to that area is lifestyle. What else or what specifically about lifestyle is drawing people to that area? Well, it's it's our it's our little secret. So don't tell anybody that it's awesome living here. Nobody um, listens to the podcast. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what, I, what? What I love about this area is we have four seasons. We literally have spring, winter, fall, summer, and in each of those seasons, we have amazing things to do. We've got lakes within ten fifteen minutes. We've got ski hills within ten fifteen minutes. Well, maybe a little bit longer. Twenty, maybe twenty minutes up the ski hill. Um, you're dirt biking. You're you know, you're sledding, you're doing hiking, you're swimming, you're boating, you know, like it's, it's, it, I don't know, we're, we're called the sunny Okanagan, there's a ton of sun here, um, so it's, it's, it's really laid back out here, um, versus the east coast, I am from the east coast, uh, I, and I don't mean east, east coast, I mean like Ontario, I am originally from Ontario, uh, so it's, it's, it's a really laid back vibe out here, um, and it's not a whole bunch of hustle and bustle. It's, you know, you want to go for a bike ride or, or whatever. A, a lot of people move out here to relax and kind of chill out and they got to work, but. Well, and that's the that's, thing. So I was wondering what's the job market like out there? Are there a lot of opportunities for people? Well, that no, that's that is definitely a challenge. Uh, the good-paying jobs are hard uh, to find. I was actually just having dinner with a client last night, and he's searching for a better um, job opportunity, uh, money-making opportunity, and they're they're challenging. And there's a lot of uh, competition out there because everybody wants to live here. Yeah, and that, that I find is a common theme across many different towns in North America, the States or Canada, is where you, you get a town that's, you know, yours is a great outdoors sort of, you know, adventure, fun place, but you got to yeah. make a living, you got to be able to uh, afford life. And so that balance is challenging. So then bringing people in there, they have to have that balance somehow. They can't, unless they're independently wealthy and well, why aren't we all? But um, there's, <laughs> there, there's something that you have to balance off. And the reason why I'm touching on that is it's applicable to everybody to tap into the things that are drawing people to your community and maybe um, quote unquote advertise that, uh, promote that on social media and then draw people in towards you as a strategy. Well, and I think um, a lot of the relocations that are coming in are people that are retiring. They have finished making their money. They're in their, you know, 40s or 50s. And I've had some people retire in their 40s and, and say, that's it. I'm done. Um, I know. <laughs> not, I'm not there yet either. But, um, you know, I'm getting a lot of people, 50, 60, 70, that are like cashing in wherever they are. And they're like, I want a small condo in the Okanagan, close to the lake, close to walking. So I can walk my dog and there's a lot of those clients coming in as well. Okay, so that's another question I was going to bring up. We might as well bring it up now. In terms of demographic of the clientele that you serve, how do you figure you'd break that up in terms of age group or lifestyle or, or what they're looking at? Hmm. Oh, that's a tough question. And, uh, and is that purposeful or has that just sort of happened? 
okay, it's not purposeful. It's just happened. Um, I don't get, I do get some small, like younger families with like where the kids are younger. Um, not a ton because of the opportunities of jobs here being more of a challenge than uh, someone who is uh, getting to the point where they're retiring or they're cashing in on a really good um, a really good run in Vancouver or you know they've had a really good run up at the oil fields in Alberta um, and then some out of Toronto as well where they've had really successful careers and they said okay that's it we're done so they're cashing in and they're coming out the last couple of years have been a lot out of the lower mainland um, and they just said that we're they're done and they're coming up so I don't know what I think the demographic would be probably 45 plus would be my biggest demographic in my clients um, families probably maybe a quarter um, and then the last quarter just you know maybe uh, young people just trying to get because like, I also love working with first-time home buyers so um, that's probably another good chunk of my business where uh, you've got people wanting to get into the market because I love teaching them how to use real estate in order to become successful down the road. So, Okay. So that's really interesting. And, and again, for people that are listening that are maybe struggling in, in their in their business and building it, it's a useful tool to try to tap into who the demographic is that's coming into the neighborhood and who sure. you might want to work with. All right. Now, specifically, you mentioned first-time home buyers. You love working with them. That's great. How do they find you? Um, I'm getting a lot of, oh, well, a lot, my boys are 25 and 26. So they're, they tell everybody who they are, uh, hanging out with to use me, which is great. Um, but I think I do a lot of referral back and forth to a couple of brokers in town. Um, and so when someone goes in to get pre-approved, um, and they don't have a real estate agent, I'm getting, a, I'm getting quite a few calls from mortgage, mortgage brokers gotcha. as well. Um, and yeah and you know through relationships again like it's it's through family it's through you know a girlfriend of mine will call me up and say hey my son wants to buy and i know you're gonna look after him so can you look after him um so it's it's a lot of that as well so you're not running any first-time buyer classes or or doing any sort of online lead gen for that specific category that's a part of your referral group yeah great yeah so a lot of your business now you mentioned is based off of referrals after all that time sort of spent in building the relationships, relationships yeah. from uh, going to events, from being involved in your community, right? Yeah. And I know you were involved in the, the real estate community as well. Yes. So let's talk about, uh, I, I know it's not necessarily strategy with you, it's just sort of more natural, but essentially it is a strategy. So let's talk about how you've built those relationships across the country and, and, and beyond uh, with other realtors. So I, I, I attend everything. Um, <laughs> I, I go everywhere. Uh, the question for my husband is, when will you be home? Not uh, when are you going away, basically. But um, I go to conferences. I, um, I specifically go to training outside of my community. So I'll go to Vancouver for extra training. I'll go to Calgary I'll, like, and I'll go to Toronto and I will go to areas where I'm able to network with other agents that are not in my own community in order to create those, those relationships. Because, you know, you, it takes time to build that up. You know, when you meet someone at a conference and, you know, you hand over a card and you don't have a conversation about 
who you are, what you do, what you're like, um, you know, how you service your clients, you know, how, how do you know, how am I supposed to refer an agent off if I don't personally know them? Um, so I make it part of my business strategy to uh, make sure that if I meet someone, I get to know them on a personal level. I know, you know, what it, what areas they work. You guys in the Toronto area are the hardest ones to figure out, but there's <laughs> <laughs> all the different areas you have, but um, trying to figure out like who I can have as a contact in that area, which, and then if they don't cover it, they can you know, shoot me off to someone else. But, um, so because of that, you know, I've also become someone that I get a lot of calls from across the country that they say, Hey, you're in BC. Who do you know here? Who do you know here? Who do you know here from agents in, well, in, in Ontario, a lot of agents call me and I don't get the referrals, but I can at least refer them off to someone who is in the area that I know. Um, but that makes you the first point of contact though. Yeah, and then I ask the agent that gets the actual referral, hey, remember me for the Okanagan. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, right. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's all that. So let's talk very specifically right now, because that's an interesting thing that hasn't come up yet um, in terms of a strategy and going out there to conferences and different trainings and, and meeting people out of area. You get to know these people yeah, more than just trading a business card, because really that, that does nothing. But um, that's how you and I met, right? Yeah. All those years ago. And we got to know each other through being involved in the training. And then outside uh, of the training is almost as more as important as being in the training itself. Because that's when you actually get a chance sure. to get to know people. But you also yeah. get to know who's a little bit sloppy <laughs> and doesn't carry themselves 100% professionally and who does. And, and I think that's great insight to have. For sure. <laughs> One of the... <laughs> no names mentioned. One of the... No, 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 no. But it, it's, uh, it definitely is important to um, have fun and, and get together and do all that, but also maintain a level of professionalism because y- you, you are watching people for, for how they behave, um, you know, because you're going to hand someone over uh, a client of yours that you, you want someone, anybody that I refer to or if I get referred, I want to make sure that I'm closing the deal for the person that's referred it to me because you can go off and refer and you know, if they don't close the deal or if they don't look after your client, no one wins. Your client's mad at you. Uh, and like, why did you refer me to this person? And then it's, yeah, it's, it's not good. So I want to make sure that when I refer someone to anybody in any area, they're going to be looked after just the way I would. And I know no one, everybody's not perfect, but it's, um, and personalities sometimes don't mix. So personality is another big one um, because you could have a really quiet person that, you know, your, maybe your point of agent in one area is like me, super exciting and loud um, <laughs> and would be too much for a quiet person. Um, so it's, it's figuring out matching personalities as well. And you can't know someone's personality unless you've, had, you know, had a couple drinks or had some dinner or, or sat down and visited outside of the training to figure out what the person's personality is like. That's right. So when you go, and I, again, I know you're not super purposeful with this. It just sort of happens naturally for you. But um, what's been the case? Do you come away with one, two, three people or like 10 to 20 people? What should be someone's goal if they're going to a conference or an event? 
Yeah, no, I, I like to, I, I'm happy if I come away with about uh, two to three people where I feel like I've genuinely connected with them and really found out um, who they are, their personality, where they work, that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm super happy with two to three um, with each conference that I go to. Yeah. Now, uh, just from personal experience, when I go, you you get bombarded with all these different people. And yes, you get a million cards because people have booths set up and this and that. And I personally think booths, some people have had great success with them. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I think more of the personal connection, like you said, inside and outside of the training, that's where you make the, the better connections for business and personally. Um, yeah. But in terms of you know, a strategy focusing on those two or three key people that you can find in, in particular areas. Now, the challenge becomes when you find two or three people in the same area, then then what do you do? How do you go about dealing with that? Well, I think then it comes down to matching them to the client, right? And I think all of us that do a lot of referral business, um, and if we, if we truly are a referral agent person, I think uh, most of us would understand that if one of my referring partners phoned me up and said, listen, you know, I would love to refer this person to you, but I think they're going to suit this agent a little bit better. Um, you know, I, I, you know, yeah, it's a hard one to take because you'd like to take the, the all the referrals, right. but I, it has to be more about the buyer. It has to be more about that client. And um, I think when, when you build good relationships with your referring partners, I, I think people understand. Um, I think, you know, I know some people get their nose at a joint when that happens, but it's, yeah, I, I you know, it's, I don't know. It, sometimes that one's a hard call. Yeah, it, it can be tough. Now, in yeah. terms of these online, um, especially Facebook groups of realtors, whatever the group happens to be, uh, there are several in every community, I find. There are shout-outs, right? Someone says, hey, I've got a referral for somebody out in Timbuktu. Who do we know in Timbuktu? And then you've got a list of like a million people saying, use this person, use that person, use this person. Um, in terms of a strategy, I, I was having this conversation with somebody else the other day. And they said they don't do the shout-out. They'll personal message uh, the person asking because they don't want to signal single out somebody if they have multiple people in a particular area. For sure. Yeah. 100%. You agree with that? I, I no, I would do a private message as well. Uh, you know, because I think sometimes when that happens on a regular basis, um, it, yeah, you, you can create some negative feelings with the other agents in that area going, well, why did, why didn't you give me a shout out or, you know, because you could have two or three people in a big city uh, that would be great with your clients. You're like, huh? Okay, or do, like, do I do I rotate between three people? Do I like? How do you how do you figure that out? So um, I always private message. I think it's uh, I think it's a private matter anyway. Um, and you know, I always because uh, my name gets put in there sometimes too, and I always feel a little bit uncomfortable when I see a lot. Of, of names like that. And I would rather, um, the private message, uh, thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just way better. In my opinion, it's more professional. 
Yeah, yeah, I got you. And and like I said, you're covering your basis. If you have two or three people, I've done it both ways where I've got three people that I have a good relationship with in a particular area. People are calling out for that area and I'll throw out all three names and said they're all great choices or yeah. or the private message route. Yeah, yeah. One or the other. Okay, great. Now, in terms of, let's play a little game for a second here, and you've heard a few episodes <laughs> um, where I like to say, let's say you had to start all over again in a different city, in a different town where you didn't have the sphere that you have now. I hate this question that you ask on your on your pause. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but it's valid and relevant for people that are just getting in the business, especially if they don't have those connections in their community yet. What would you do? How would you build your business? You know, I, and I hate the, I hate the question because I don't have an answer. Um, and I knew you were going to ask this question, darn it. You had time um, to prepare. <laughs> I know, but you know what? It's, it's, I don't know if I would do it any differently. Um, only because I believe in how I did it. Um, I do know that if a, if a brand new agent is starting up in a brand new area and you want to get going quick, you have to do all the things that I didn't want to do. You have to cold call, you have to door knock, you have to do FISBOs, and you have to figure out which one of those suits your personality because not all of them suit everybody's personality. Um, so if I had to redo it again, number one, I'd start younger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have any control over that. Yeah, um, I can't go backwards. No, <laughs> none of us can. Uh, but I, I just, I did it so that I could stay as genuine as I possibly could to the person that I am. So I think figuring out who you are and, and how you want to work and, and what kind of realtor you want to be. And I'm not saying that anybody who does cold calling isn't a great realtor that please don't get me wrong. It just, it just didn't suit my personality. Um, I was too uncomfortable being, uh, be, doing those calls. I would rather say, hey, how's it going? Would you like a cup of tea? Can I sit to see your house kind of a person? Um, and I'll call you in a couple of days. And if I can help you out, great. I can give you some open house tips and all that kind of stuff. I'd rather be the helping person. So that's why my strategy worked for me. So I think it's the biggest thing is figuring out yourself, what works for you and your personality. And then when you figure out what works, do it 100%. Okay, so it sounds to me, if I can decipher that, uh, that you would probably go, <laughs> you'd probably go into the, the for sale by owner realm because that's where you started, that's where you're comfortable. Build those relationships, maybe get involved with the community um, in terms of whether it's chamber of commerce, sort of business community, or more uh, community specific events, and get to know people. Yeah, yeah. And develop yeah. the relationships that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, hundred percent. That would be where I would be comfortable. Now, uh, can you give me a little insight into your business these days when you're actually in town? Um, what is your daily schedule like? Do you have a general schedule that you like to follow or is it just kind of whatever is going on? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever done the color figuring color out chart. color. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a true, true orange person. So um, it's like I'm everywhere all, all the time. Um, and nailing me down to a schedule is, is one heck of a challenge. My coach, my real estate coach still says, you're not following your schedule. No, I'm not going to follow a schedule. <laughs> so, um, the only thing that's kind of a regular routine for me is I'm usually up around five or six in the morning. 
Um, I like to have my coffee in my wake up time. Um, and at that time, I'm usually dealing with, first of all, I have to have a few cups of coffee and wake up. Then I'll usually deal with uh, all of my emails and getting back to people in the morning before I usually go out and, and meet people and do my appointments throughout the bulk of the day. Because I've gotten to the point in my business where I can do most of my business between nine and five now. Um, there's the odd time where you have to go out in the evening and I have to do the odd weekend because that's where my relocation people are coming into town or anything like that. But the bulk of my business I can do during a regular work uh, work day. Um, now my work days are sometimes 20 in a row, but, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I'm usually doing that till about five or six. Um, I don't, I usually can make it home for dinner and then, uh, and then I might work for a little bit on the computer after just tidying up paperwork and stuff. But that's kind of what my days look like about eight months out of the year. We're, I'm pretty busy. Um, and then usually November, December, January slow down for me so I can take some time off. All right, so I have a few questions from that then. Uh, the oh, nine to five thing, how do you manage to get people? I mean, I've heard it said that people take off time to go to the dentist. Why can't they take off time from work to go and see a house? I, I haven't experienced that. I'm still all over the place at, <laughs> at every hour of the day. What is your strategy? How did you get that to happen or did that just happen naturally? Uh, I think a little bit of both. I think it happened naturally, but I think... Um... You know, when I'm talking to someone and they say, well, we want to see this house. And I said, OK, well, I've got Wednesday at uh, I've got Wednesday between three and five where I've got uh, Thursday between nine and eleven. What works best? They usually pick one of those times. Um, and if they say, oh, geez, I got to work every day. Is there any way you can go at six? Yeah, absolutely. We'll make it go at six. Um, but nine times out of ten, most people are, you know, willing to do that. And and. I'll work on the weekends too in order to accommodate that. So I, I would rather we work on the weekend than go out at night personally. Because uh, once I come home, I want to come home and I want to shut shut off. Um, so I would rather go out during the day on a Saturday uh, than work at seven o'clock at night. But if my clients need to go out at that time, of course, we're going. Okay. Do you think that's because of the demographic that you serve? Uh, a lot of the people have that freedom. If they're semi-retired or retired, they can then use those times during the day? Yeah, for sure. All yeah. right. That's the key, people. You hear that? Go after <laughs> go after everybody that's not working so they can accommodate your <laughs> schedule. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Now, a couple other questions to hit on there. Um, you mentioned your coach. How long have you been coaching? I've been in coaching now for a year and a half with Richard Robbins. Actually, no, not a year and a half coming up a year. Jeez, it feels like a year and a half. Sorry, Bill. Um, <laughs> uh, I did, I did coaching, uh, years ago when I first started, but I wasn't ready to be coached. Uh, I thought I could do it on my own. I, you know, I was going to do it my way and, and therefore I was uncoachable. Um, this past year I decided to hire a coach just because I wanted to really fine tune my business, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with motivation. I don't need a coach for motivation. I don't need a coach to say, okay, go do this call or that call or whatever. I wanted a coach to help me fine tune my business in order to create the best possible experience that I can create for my clients and my referring agents and all that kind of stuff. So I want to streamline my systems and make sure that I'm staying on top of people's minds and making sure that when they, if it's an agent, when they send me a referral, they're being kept up to date 
you know, they're, they're getting updates on, we just went out, we just wrote an offer, we just removed subjects, we're, you know, it's key handoff, you know, your checks in the mail. Like, I want to keep everybody um, updated throughout the whole process. So the reason I hired him was just to make sure that, to give me ideas about how to do that the most efficiently and, and give me new ideas about uh, how to change up my business. So in terms of that, like a lot of that has to do with uh, CRM. Are you using a CRM? Oh, <laughs> yes. But again, I'm so orange that I'm not good at using my CRM, which is another goal of mine. All of this is usually going on in my head. Um, it's very busy up there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like I use... Right now, I'm using Realty Juggler, which is a very, very inexpensive. If you're starting in real estate, Realty Juggler is, I think, 100. And, it, it was 99 bucks when I got on. I think I get that price, but I think it's like 130 now for the year. And it is a very simple program, but it helps me manage deals, listings, and somewhat of a, a, a CRM for for people. Um, but yeah, I don't use it to the fullest. So, you know, I, I'm having my assistant work on that a lot. I hired an assistant two years ago. So her job is to, um, her job has been to streamline my systems and make sure that people are being contacted and stayed up to date. So because of that, I think that's really taken my business um, just to the next level over the last couple of years. And I, I assume in your coaching strategies, you, like you said, you're being more purposeful with staying in touch with your sphere of influence that has built up from past clients and, and everybody you've met. Um, what is it that you're doing to actively stay top of mind for these people? Well, most of these people are on my social media. So I'm, you know, I, I'm very active on social media, as you know, um, you're, you're on my social media as well, but it's, it's just staying top of mind and, and not always just with, like I don't, yes, I post listings and all that kind of stuff, but I'm, I'm trying to post things that are, are remind people that I'm out doing real estate stuff, but it's not about real estate. So it's about walking around the corner and seeing a, um, a, a mummy that scared the living heck out of me and screaming and my clients laughing their heads off at me and doing a post about that versus um, posting that I'm showing 50 houses today. Um, so it's, yeah, I lost my train of thought. What was the question? <laughs> How are you staying top of mind with your sphere of influence in a purposeful way? So are you sending newsletters? Are you doing social media yeah. stuff specifically for that? Is that what you're doing through coaching? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, those are those are a few things that Bill kind of brings up to my attention. Are you doing this? Are you doing that? So, yeah, I, I use I use video a lot. So I send uh, bomb bomb videos. I send prompt videos through bomb bomb. Um, I'm making sure that all of my um, sellers and buyers are, are getting updates through video. So I use that a lot at social media. I use uh, newsletter monthly, uh, do that as well. Um, yeah. And then that's about it. <laughs> no, but you also, you mentioned you were out for dinner with a client the other night. Yeah. So are there fine. specific, yeah, that's fine. But are there specific people in your sphere that you either do events and invite them to or or do one-on-one, -on -one, make it a point to get together with one-on-one? -on -one? Um, I see a lot of the people that use me at different events and different parties because our community is so um, 
small compared to a big city. So uh, I get to see people at least in, in, in any of those community events, I get to see people at least four times a year. Um, so, and, and then when they're friends, it's at so-and-so's birthday party or, you know, or I do a open house Christmas party or, you know, those kinds of things, you know, in the summertime, I'll, you know, have a day where come on by and sit by the pool and have a, have a drink and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, it's kind of purposeful, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a social creature by nature. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So everyone out there that's shy, you're out of luck. <laughs> no, basically, you know, you want to try to break out of your shell, find people that uh, you mesh with and use that to your For, full advantage. You know what? The, the beauty of this business is that no matter who you are, there is enough business for everybody because you're going to just gravitate to the people that know that like you and like your vibe. So, you know, I have my business based around the people that like to be around me. And then there's other people in this community that um, they gain clients because of their personalities. And, and, and those personalities are very, very different and everybody can be successful. So it's just finding who you, who you, who you connect with. Yeah, really, I also, I think it's a struggle at times for us to really figure out who we are and what our personality really is and how it comes across to other people sometimes. And yeah. and just being true to that, finding out who that is for you, and then finding others that are, are like-minded and sort of the same way. And that's who you'll connect yeah. with for clients and for referral purposes, right? Other real Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the referral agent partners that I have have similar personalities to mine. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so <laughs> I can't believe you just did the Shooter McGavin thing, but okay, I like that. <laughs> so we'll pretty much end on that note. Uh, thank you so much for coming. Is there anything you want to leave for for the people that are listening to the podcast in terms of helpful tips, uh, tricks, party favors? Uh, now you know what it, I said it. I said it before, but just be yourself. Like because when you're yourself, your your clients know it. They know that you're there for them and. You know, it's not about the paycheck. It's about really getting them what they need. And, and when they feel that, then you've got a client for life. And as frustrating as it can be in the short term, this really is a long-term play. If you want to make a career out of it, things are going to take time. They're going to pay off in the end. You have to be consistent, consistently persistent, I say. Um, yeah. But, but over the long haul, don't expect results tomorrow. It may come, but push through and it will work out in the end. 100%. All right, everybody, thanks for joining another episode of the Real Estate Agent Launch Podcast. Yes, I'll reiterate, the Real Estate Agent Launch Podcast. If you know anybody who's struggling in the business, or perhaps they just want to get better and improve their business, tell them to check out the podcast. I really appreciate that. It's available anywhere from iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Store, and YouTube, where you can see our smiling faces, our bobbleheads jumping up and down. All right, thanks for joining, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Lauren. Hey, everybody out there in podcast land, I just wanted to say thank you so much. I truly appreciate you for your support and for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, share this all over social media, and especially share it with a realtor that you know that might be having a difficult time finding their own path to success. I'll see you on the next episode.